Monster 187. Two sisters that love listening to true crime podcasts and decided to give this shit a try. Since we are Texas through and through, we will be researching murders across our Lone Star State. 187 is slang for the penal code for homicide. Since police codes are unique by city and county, we decided to simply use something that most people would get. We know this code isn't specific to Texas, but hey, we like it and it's our podcast, so we do what we want. Case file 48. Melanie Goodwin. We're back. We're back. Hello. Hello, everyone. I'm sure everybody missed me because we had an episode mess up. This is my episode. Technology. But we were just perusing Amazon to buy some new equipment. So. In case you forgot, I'm Brittany. I'm Carrie. And we're Lone Lone Star Star 187. 187. Coming at you live. And hot. Ish. Hot. (laughs) All right. So tell me, where are we this week? We are not going to go very far. Oh, damn it. Carrollton, Texas. Okay. Yeah. But we're going to, are you ready? Do you have a pen and paper or anything to put into the time machine where we're going? (laughs) We're going to September 25th of 2007. Oh, it's the day before my birthday. It is. It is. This day, you know, in September in Texas, it's not, we're done with summer. It's fucking hot Like, still. it's still hot, but we're like hoping because like we see October around the corner and we're like, come on fall, pumpkins, hay, rides. Pumpkin spice, everything. Everything. Cold weather, fall time, like we're ready for fall. So a 911 call goes out. And 911 dispatcher answers the phone and a male tells the 911 dispatcher, there is a burnt body in a field at 3220 Keller Springs Road next to the Trans Tech building. Oh, shit. She's like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and he's like, there is a burnt body in a field next to Ke- off Keller Springs Road. And she's like, okay, don't touch anything. Secure the scene. You know, don't let anybody near it. And he's like, no problems. So police get there and they can tell that the body is charred beyond recognition. They are able to tell that it is a female only because she's got French tip manicured nails and next to the body, they do find like a diamond ring with an inscription on it in Spanish. I'm sorry. How are her French tip nails not bothered if she's burnt beyond recognition? That's beyond me. It kind of makes me nervous that I put yeah, these things on my fingers. Scary. <laughs> so would... like her hands are burnt, but just her fingernails are still intact? Well, I think they could see the white tips were still there. So they could tell that the fingernails were long. Okay. And there was some still crazy, right? So at 11 a.m., Greg Frey, who's the officer that arrived on scene, he's kind of bothered by the way the body is positioned. He's concerned, like, is this like a serial killer? Because usually, unfortunately, most people are killed by somebody they know. Mm-hmm. And when somebody's killed by somebody they know, there's a little bit more emotion that goes into it. Sometimes they'll cover the body up or they won't put it in such a provocative position. Right. And this girl was left in a odd position um and also like some of the ends of her hair was like around it that had burned off from her scalp Mm -hmm. so they could tell it was a female only by that 23 year officer greg frey said this was the most horrific scene he'd ever seen i'm sure 23 years i'm sure you don't ever get rid of that image yeah right and can you imagine the smell oh no burnt hair makes me want to vomit (laughs) yeah just the burnt hair itself and it could just be like you barely singed it on the stove and I'm out of here. Yeah. Or like it doesn't go away quick either. No, it does not. Like if you got the curling iron or like the strainer too oh. hot, and you're like, oh, it smells bad. It takes a while. Like burnt popcorn, right? And I can't even use that that foam that burns your hair because it smells bad to me too. The what? The foam that you spray on your like the knead or whatever that you spray on and it like kind of burns the hair off. Oh, nair. Nair. Ugh. 
I hate it's, that too. It's, it's basically so, burning it. Yeah. So it's disgusting. Ooh, no, no, no. Greg Frey gets excited because he takes a look around where the body's found and he sees that there are security cameras. Oh my God. Let's let's pray they work and fingers hopefully crossed, there's crossed. actual they can access it and it's not just real time and they so can just go like back and look. A fake camera. Right. <laughs> To ward people off, like those owls they have that make the birds stay away. But the birds are just hanging out with the fake owl. Yeah. So he goes inside and he tells them, hey, I, I need the security footage. So they pull the security footage and I'll put a link on our Facebook page. But there is a video. It's black and white. And you see um, this car, small car, pull in to right in front of where she was found into a parking spot. And you see a tall person, most likely a male, just by the way that they're walking and the way they're dressed. Looks like an oversized white shirt. Mm-hmm. And then jeans, either jean shorts or some kind of shorts that are kind of sagging. And they walk over to the passenger side and they pull out what is assumably this victim because it's lifeless and it's a smaller body and drags her over to where she's found. And then you see like a light show, like a firework go off almost. And it's like, oh, a, I, I want to say explosion, but not by the sound, but by the view. Like, like Visually, a, it's like nothing. And then it, it's big, on fire. Yes. Okay. And then you see that person that got out of the car, get back in the car and drive off. So oh, this is like so it's gold mine video. Yes. And it's time stamped at 4.06 a.m. So okay. the 911 call went out about 10, 15, 10, 30. And Greg Frey arrives on scene at 11 after paramedics have gone and realized. Oh, that shit. So this do. happened at four. It happened at four in the morning, but he didn't call. The person didn't call 911 until 1030 in the morning. Right. That's when so she was found. So people at work and stuff, right? Yeah. People drove up and went inside to work. Oh, didn't even know. gosh. Because yeah. you said this is like a, by an office yes. by a company. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, you know how they have those like big buildings where multiple offices are in like one big building. So it's in a grassy area next to this parking oh, lot. Oh, my gosh. And what day of the week again was it? I'm sorry. Uh, Tuesday. Okay. So it's a regular Tuesday. Everybody's at work. Yep. They've gotten past the case of the Mondays. They're no, just ready for it to be Friday. They're lunch. Yeah. They're ready for lunch. Greg Frey's like, you know, we need to go and look at any reports that happened throughout the night. Were there any weird sightings, people running, burglaries, things Is like that? Is someone missing? Right. So they look through some reports and at 5 a.m., an officer found a red Saturn in the corner of an apartment complex. And it was parked illegally just next to a dumpster. Like, okay. the way that it was parked and left, the officer felt like it was just kind of abandoned. Okay. And as he approached the vehicle, it smelled um, much like gas coming from inside and outside the vehicle. And there was a gas can in the driver's seat. So oh, he's that's like, not obvious at all. He's like, this is weird. Like, do they run out of gas? Like, this is weird. It's an abandoned vehicle. And he got the license plate down. And something about the those, like, borders you can put around license plates. Mm-hmm. There was a board around it that said, Angels all, angels watching over me. And so he's like, oh, okay, well, let me just add that. Because that's unique. Maybe mm-hmm. people will know. Maybe they may not know the license plate, but they'll know this. So Greg Frey's like, hmm, let's look into that. So at around noon, they're like, let's go back and go look at that car. So they go back to the scene. And where next the car to, is, right? Where, where the car is. Okay. And next to the uh, gas tank is, there's a burnt sock. On the ground, and the gas part is open. What is that? I don't know. The gas why door. That makes me giggle. <laughs> There's a white sock that looks like it's Did been you burned. Say the gas door. Yeah, the door <laughs> to the gas. <laughs> what is it called? Gas cap. Like the door that opens. Okay, it's the gas door. <laughs> the gas door is open, and there's like a white sock that's been burned, and then the gas cap is like hanging, hanging mm-hmm. open. They're like, this is a very weird. 
This is just weird. It's very odd. Like maybe the sock was in there and then it just fell out. Or somebody was like running so fast they caught on fire. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So they run the plates and it um, leads back to um, the Goodwin family in Arlington, Texas. And they're like, oh, this person ditched their car. So we need to go find him. And they, and this time they're thinking this person is a suspect because potentially set this girl on fire. We need to go after this guy immediately or girl, whoever it may be. So they go to the house, knock on the door and Mrs. Goodwin answers the door and they ask her, do you know where your red Saturn is? And she's like, oh yeah, it's registered to my husband, but our daughter drives it. Oh shit. And like immediately. So that's the girl's car. I'm at the victim's house. I'm not at the suspect's Mm. house. That's got to So they start, like, asking questions. They're like, so um, when was the last time you talked to your daughter? Mm-hmm. Have oh, you seen her in the car? Do you have a picture of her? Um, and they start asking questions. Then they ask about the ring. Did she have any ring? And so at that at that point, her mom was like shows. us. Like, she's like an FBI agent. She's like, okay. She's a software engineer. And, like, she watches true crime shows. And she's like, why are you asking so many questions? She's like, do you have a victim? Do you have, like, someone in... Do you have a dead body? Like, why are you asking all these questions? And so they basically tell her, like, we found this person and we found this is kind of what she looked like. She resembled that. She had these nails. This ring was next to her. And I believe her dad um, inscribed something on the inside in Spanish saying, like, she was, like, his first love or or that he was her first something about being, like, a first love. Yeah, that's sweet. Because your dad is your first love. Absolutely, yeah. So the mom's like... No problem. Let me help put together a timeline for you. Because her being young, let me just explain who their daughter was. Their daughter's name was Melanie Goodwin. She was 19. She was a born actress. They said that she acted her whole life. And that at the age of two, she would go up to any mirror she could find and she would practice making faces. And then like laugh at herself. (laughs) She started taking voice lessons and did theater in third grade. She grew up in Arlington, Texas. She was in many plays. She was in, uh, her dad's favorite play she was in was she played the godmother in Cinderella. And that was his favorite one that, that, that she played. She was currently a communications major at UNT in Denton. Um, she did have an older brother and an older sister, so she was kind of the baby of the family. So that's kind of, so with her only being 19, she still very much relied on her parents. They shared a phone. They shared, they had access, I'm sure like you would in, with Brennan and Savannah where you like linked accounts. She could transfer money. She could see all that. So oh, she yeah. still had an eye on her daughter. So she's like, I can put together a timeline, no problem. So she goes online and she sees that at 1.41 a.m., Melanie charged a charge at a QT gas station on her bank card. Okay. Then she went and looked at, she pulled up the phone records, and she's like, oh, at that same time that the charge was at the QT, she was on the phone with her boyfriend. And her last call on her phone was to her boyfriend. Okay. So. I have chills. By 4 p.m. that afternoon, investigators are like, we're going to talk to the boyfriend. So her boyfriend, Ollie Balenci, was his name. And everyone described them as having a fairy tale romance. Like, they were... Very much in love, and they spend a lot of time together. They go over to his house that afternoon, and they're like, we want to talk to you. By his body language and how when they're asking him questions, he can tell something's wrong. They're like, you know, we need your cell phone. He's like, here you go, whatever you need, like Nothing what's going hide. on. Yeah, like I'm completely transparent. And his cell phone record showed that he was home all night and that that last call that he had with her at 141 was the last call on his cell phone and it never left that apartment. His roommates corroborated that he was at home all night long and never left. 
So then he starts realizing, like, this is bad. Like, something really bad has happened. Mm-hmm. So they tell him, we found Melanie's body in this parking lot in Carrollton, and she, you know, is dead. And he was so upset. They tell him this is basically what happened. So he's like, I did it. It's it's my fault. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's going on? Like, why why do you say that? He's like, she left work, and she called me and said, do you need anything? And I asked her to stop at QT. And to get me chocolate milk and Cheetos. That's a gross combination. But I see why he feels responsible because if she hadn't stopped And he's like, I'll leave the door unlocked for you and and you just come in when you get here. And he's like, she was not, I mean, he lives in Denton. So Carrollton and Denton's pretty far. At least Where was she at work? Where did she work? So she was a Red Bull model. Nice. And that night there was a Halo 3, I think. Halo 3, I think, was coming out. So... GameStop, she was handing out Red Bull. Oh, cool. Yeah, Halo 3. So that, that was her that was her job. She worked as a model for Red Bull. So when they had events, she would go. So it was mm-hmm. late when she got off work. And, you know, she called him and said, can, can I bring anything on my way? And he told her, yeah, you know, stop and get me this. So she so did. So she just stopped at a store somewhere any of us between would do. Where, her, where she left the GameStop in Carrollton mm-hmm. and then drove to Denton. Correct. Just straight up 35. Yeah. So he, of course, you know, feels guilty. And they're like, okay, well, obviously he didn't do it. He doesn't have any record. He doesn't, there's no proof that shows he's part of this. So they're like, let's go to QT and let's get their security cameras. Because QT's got to have them at least inside. We know they have it inside and outside. Yes. So they go Based on other stories. They go there. And not only, thank you, QT, not only did they have video, but they also have audio. Oh, good. So they start watching the cameras. Because they, they kind of know a timeline, so they don't exactly. have to watch hours and hours. Right. So they see a man hours before Melanie arrives at the QT. Just a side note, he's wearing a white t-shirt and jean shorts. Just, oh, that mass matches just, our, you know, our just so you know. man on the camera at 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. dumping a body and then catching it on fire. You're sitting Correct. in a white shirt on, yes. right? Yes. So Bastard. they see this man, like, loitering around the store. Like, he's walking through the store. He's outside the store. He's back inside. And this is for, like, an hour and a half. And they see him approaching people asking for a ride, asking for money. And at one point... So he's, he's loitering. Loitering. Bad. Okay. Um... At one point, the clerk's like, here, man, here's a drink, here's some food, like, maybe, hoping maybe it'll get him to go away. Um, and then he asked the clerk if he could sleep there. Did they? I guess they and the clerk's like, the no, they didn't call the cops. Oh, shit. And then he, then the guy that's on the camera, he keeps asking to use the phone. And so the clerk will let him use the phone. And you see him on the phone for a little bit. He hands the phone back and then he'll go back outside. And it's just this constant back like and forth. he's trying to get somebody to come get him or something, yeah. maybe. Mm-hmm. Or convince somebody. Absolutely. Right. So then you see Melanie. Uh, around this timeline, you see her go inside. She is, she matches the description of what they find her in. Because there was like a, she's wearing like a headband. Um, but it almost looks like a belt. Okay. The design of it. And they found a piece of that hmm. that was burned next to her body. So they're like, oh, yeah, this is this confirms based on what she's wearing in that video that what who we found is her. So you see her go over to the cooler. She gets the milk. She goes over and gets the Cheetos. And this guy that's been loitering approaches Melanie. And you hear you hear him in the audio say, can I have a ride? And she's like, I'm sorry, I, I can't do that. Oh, my gosh, I have chills all over Like, you body. hear her say, I can't do that. Yeah, no. And then she walks away. Then she calls her boyfriend. Oh, that's the 145 call. Okay. Yep. And then she walks up and to the register. And that's what Brent or even Savannah would do. Look, I feel scared. I'm going to call somebody. Mm-hmm. So Let's she calls her boyfriend. And she's like, I'm on my way. And then she asks, she, she tells him, um, 
I look really cute because I'm in a mini skirt and I have my high heels on. I got a spray tan today. So right, like, because she was I can't wait for you to see me. Exactly. Yeah. So like, she feels good about herself and she pays for the stuff. She hangs up and she walks out the door. And as she walks out, this this guy that's been loitering walks out and you see you see her go to the left of the camera like she's walking towards her car. And then you see him go straight and go to the left as well. Oh, shit. But there's no cameras outside to tell us what's happening. No, but I think but you, you can, can tell by the Yeah. They check the phone records from this loitering guy. And they see that he's been calling his girlfriend. That's who. That's the girl. That's the number he keeps calling. So they they speak to her. And they find out that this loiterer, the loiterer that was at this gas station, his name is Ernesto Reyes. And he's 20 years old. And she's like, that's my ex-boyfriend. And they run his background. And he has got a nice book of a rap sheet. Oh, shit. He's a drug user. He has hardly any friends. Because he would go to jail and he would, he, people would bail him out and then he wouldn't go to court. And he was just like, he had no home, no car, no job. This night that he's seen in the gas station, same time as Melanie, his mom kicked him out. His girlfriend had kicked him out right after his mom kicked him out because he took her car and wouldn't give it back. So she's mm-hmm. like, you know what? I'm done trying to help you. He kept calling Selfish. and asking her, please, 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 can you come get me? And she's like, no, I'm not going to come get you. Because you're going to come here and I I don't want to deal with you. So they ask his ex-girlfriend, why was he even in Carrollton? Like, he lives in Denton. He doesn't have a job. He doesn't have a car. What is he he doing there? She's like, oh, well, he has a friend in Carrollton that just moved there from Denton. His name is Donovan Young. And they're like, thank you. So they call Donovan. They're like, we need to talk to you. So he's like, oh. Funny you should ask. Oh, shit. Oh, Now he's a wealth of information. (laughs) Um. At 3 a.m., Ernesto came to my door and said, hey, I got something in, the, in this car that I got to show you. So Ernesto takes Donovan to downstairs to a red Saturn. Uh-oh. And in the back seat of the red Saturn is a female with her panties pulled down. Oh, what a... Oh. And he's like, look, I killed her. Can you give me some money? So she to get was rid- already dead at this she point? She was already dead at this point. Oh, what a bastard. Can you give me some money to get rid of her body? And he's like, I don't want any part of it. Get the hell out of but here. But here's a gas can and a couple of dollars. I don't want any part of it, but here's and a I'm gas can. And I'm not even going to call the freaking cops. No, here's a gas can and Is some money. Is that like a scene in Pulp Fiction or something? <laughs> <laughs> You're on brain teeth detail. <laughs> How do you say, I don't want to be a part of it, but let me give you the tools to dispose of this body? He's a piece of shit, too. That's yeah, why. absolutely. Just because he didn't actually kill her, He's still... he assisted in killing her yeah. and destroying her body. He takes the money, and Donovan goes back to his apartment and goes to sleep and sleeps like it's no big deal. And Ernesto, before um, Donovan goes back upstairs, Ernesto's like, hey, how could I light the car on fire? Because I don't know how I'm going to get it to like go. Like, How can I get it to like kaboom on fire? What do I do? And Donovan's like, I don't, I don't know. He's like, well, I tried once by pouring gas inside and lighting it on fire. But then I closed the doors. So now there's no oxygen to fuel the fire. So it put itself out. Then he took his sock off. And shoved (laughs) it. So it it. wasn't from running too fast. (laughs) No, it was not. Not Flash Gordon. No. Shoved it into the gas tank and saw it on a movie and lit it on fire, and the sock didn't ignite and go into the gas tank and blow up like Did he thought he it would. Soak the sock with gas first. No, that's probably that's no. probably one. I mean, not that I would do that, right. but I mean, it would make sense to me that you need fumes from the sock. The sock's not just going to burn really quickly, like you said. Mm-hmm. He saw it on a on a movie and thought, 
And we've heard that before in other stories. Young goes upstairs, goes back to sleep. Mm -hmm. Ernesto comes back a few hours later and he's like, hey, can you give me a lift somewhere else? Like, I can't drive that car anymore. And he's like, I guess so. So he takes Ernesto, puts him in his car, Donovan, and drives him somewhere else. So they're like, okay, well, if if he was in your car, we need to impound your car and we need to go through it. So they go through Donovan's car. You know what they find? The sock? No. (laughs) They find a digital camera. Oh. And when they take the SD card out of the digital camera, they find hundreds of pictures of Melanie. And the last two pictures on the SD card are of Ernesto Reyes. So, so he stole the camera from Melanie's car, then oh took pictures God. of himself what in front freaking... of Donovan's apartment. Dumbass. <laughs> and so then... he did some selfies? <laughs> yeah. And not even smiling. Dumb. Some, but... You are so fucking dumb, dude. I hope you're rotten in jail right now. And he left it in Donovan's car because obviously he didn't want to take it with him. Eventually he's going to come back and get it. So that's why I was in his car. So now I mean, they're this like, this guy doesn't even have his own place, or was no. he gonna? Was he gonna probably hawk it? I bet probably yeah. for drug money. Yeah. So they start canvassing the area between Young's apartment and the place where she was set on fire, and where Donovan said he dropped Reyes off. They get this triangle situation. They're like, he's got to be somewhere here, right? He has no money, he has no friends, and as they do that, they're like, you know, he's famous for loitering at gas stations. So let's just look at all the gas stations along the way and see if we find something. So ching. They find one video where he walks up to a gas station. They're closed. So like, because he has cash, right? Oh, yeah, because he's just trying to fill the gas can. He's not actually trying to put gas in a car. So you see him walk up to the doors and he's like trying to open it, trying to open it. And nobody's there, nobody's there. Then you see him look down at his shirt and he realizes something's on it. And he's like, "Mm." so then he proceeds to take the shirt off, turn it inside out and put it back on. And then he leaves. So then they find blood that was on him. Yes, of most course likely. it was. Most likely. So then they find him on another video at a 7-Eleven where he actually walks inside and he buys $1.76 of gas and you can see that his shirt is inside out. Why didn't he just siphon gas from the fucking car that he had and why did he have to go buy gas? Like some of these criminals... There's gas in the car that you're trying to burn. <laughs> Isn't there? I mean, you you made it to the freaking gas station. You can look and see how much gas you have. <laughs> it's just a lot of and how unnecessary much, what, work. Like $1.76 is depending on the times, either a gallon or half a gallon of gas, right? But like you don't even need that much if you're gonna set a fire. Oh I mean, God. not that I would know, I really don't know, but what's crazy to me is like criminals can be so dumb. Like they're smart in some ways and they're so dumb in other ways. And I'm sure like that's a lot of pressure, right? Like you just took somebody, you abducted somebody. You raped her, most likely if her panties are down. Right. You either strangled her, beat her, something there's blood on you. You took her life. You took her car. You're on camera at so many places. You just incre- you just got your friend involved. Like, that's a lot. That's I'm a pretty lot. sure he isn't feeling any of that pressure. He's probably just like, I just need to get rid of this girl, and then I'm good. I'm going to go home. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. He's filled. Those kind of people have no, in the moment, they don't think about anything, but just like, the task is burn the car. Yeah. That's it. That's true. Nothing else is compounded. It is. They're not stressed. I don't know why. Because I bet he doesn't look stressed in the videos. No, he really doesn't. See, he's just like, I need to burn this car, and this is how I'm going to do it, because I can't think for myself. Yeah. That's what my friend Donovan told me to do. I saw it in a movie, so I'm going to do it. So he goes, I'm sorry, so he goes in the 7-Eleven to buy, buy gas. seventy-six of gas, goes and gets the gas, and they see him in the red Saturn getting the gas. So they, like, beautiful how they're able to put it all together. about how no. he's being filmed. No. 
Obviously. No. So he flees to Mexico. Oh, okay. And so he, he gets the gas, he takes her, yeah, does he, that. He does it, and then once he goes back to Donovan's house for him to take him wherever, he flees to Mexico. So how they does start he asking have around. To do that? He, Fine. Whatever. So he gets to Mexico somehow. He has family there. So you're gonna be upset, and I know you haven't had a beer or a marg yet, but just just try not to throw anything. Okay. So federal marshals go looking for him. However, Mexico, you know, the country that has cartels and killed, mm-hmm. do all this heinous stuff. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, he's here, but your marshals can't come take him because we don't believe in capital punishment. Oh. So if you want him, you have to take the death penalty off the table. Oh, I <laughs> hate you, Mexico. They're like, sorry, we don't believe in that. You can't do that. And they told us. And I'm how sure to that's him. I'm sure that's not the. That's Mexico. But I'm saying. They didn't even confirm if he was in the country. All they said is your okay. federal marshals can't come over here and extradite him if you're going to I'm kill sorry. Him. He he choked on his own vomit in the car. I'm not sure how he <laughs> died. Other maybe asphyxiation or maybe he fell under my tire. I don't know. All I know is he was he was alive when we left Mexico and when he was dead when we got back. So I, I don't know what else to tell you. We went looking for him. We Extradition find him. is really dangerous. <laughs> It's a really bumpy road. I don't know right. how his neck got broken. I don't it's know. So, it's such a dangerous... So, eight months later, we finally come to a conclusion to extradite him because Texas... So, he's Texas, been there all this time, and you know yes. he wasn't in a Mexican jail. No, he's he living just, life. And Because Texas is like, you know what? We would rather have him here and spend life in prison than have him live a free life in Mexico. Yep. He has family there. He has ties there. He he could be doing the he's same in thing his to home other country. girls exactly. in Mexico. We and, don't know what he's doing over there. Right, and he's only 20. He's not a good guy. No, he's 20. 20. He's a young man. Like, he's barely an adult. So eight months later, he is extradited back. The trial is a year and a half later from whenever he's brought back. So at this time, it's been almost two years. But at least during that time, he was in, in jail. He wasn't, yeah, yeah, he was yeah. in jail here. Prosecution's worried because they feel like though there is video evidence, it's still somewhat circumstantial because there's no confession, no witnesses. She told him, no, I'm not giving you a ride. Mm-hmm. There was video of him following her. So how is that circumstantial? The prosecution was worried. Of course, they're going to say that. You know, Ernesto was blaming Donovan. He's like, oh, no. Donovan did everything. I didn't do anything. So at trial, Ernesto's attorney's like, we don't want him to be on the stand. But instead, because of a language barrier, even though there are translators and they're worried, they're, they just didn't want him on the stand. So instead, in place of him taking the stand, they played a video interview that he did for Telemundo in English. But it was a taped interview. Mm-hmm. So the questions weren't asked it's basically from... just his testimony that's all it is with yeah, no interrogation it's... yeah i mean that's... not interrogation i'm sorry no what is that called um give me a second okay fail my, my computer just went in hyperdrive that is called not rebuttal tampering the witness <laughs> i object son of a bitch motherfucker sustained <laughs> i hold myself in contempt <laughs> I don't know what it's called. Well, they were he was unable to question the witness. Right. Basically, both sides were not able to. So, in the whole time, he, so then but they still played the video and that they, was They sufficient. played the video. Yeah. And you know what he says in the video? Don't get mad. Let me push everything down. Oh god, I can't afford to break my laptop, so I'll have to find He's like, else "Okay, yeah, I asked her for a ride and she said yes. I took her to my friend's house, but it was her fault because she wanted to do drugs. And look how she was dressed." <laughs> She's like Hey, I hate it when guys think, 
oh, because of what you're wearing, you asked for it. No, it's fucking not. That's not the case. Not the case. No. Nope. Maybe if you dress that way, that's what you think. So he's like, she came to me and she's like, I want drugs. He's like, so I took her to Donovan's and we sat in the front seat together and we did drugs. And then we went up and got Donovan and I sat in the back seat and her and Donovan sat in the front and they did drugs. Then they started arguing about something. I don't know. I was high. I wasn't paying attention. And then all of a sudden Don- Donovan pulls out a gun. He said that um, Donovan hit her with the gun and Donovan pulled the gun on Ernesto and was like, if you don't do what I tell you, then I'm going to shoot you. He's like, so yeah, I did set her. I did set her on fire, and but I didn't kill her. She was already dead because Donovan did it. But at this point, he doesn't know that they have video of him, right? He knows that they have video. That's why he's like, yeah, I went and got the gas. Right, but yeah, I went and set her on fire, but, but Donovan made me. But the video clearly shows that she said, no, I'm not giving you a right. She didn't say yes. Well, she not only said that, no. If that's the case, then why is Donovan not in any of the other videos? Mm-hmm. It is such a dumbass. It's a two-door car. So where's Donovan? Yeah. Why wouldn't she be in the back and you be in the front? What if you get pulled over by a cop? You know? Lies. So medical examiner went on the stand and he basically stated that when doing the DNA evidence from the vaginal smear, because, you know, obviously they're going to do a rape kit. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness how she was burned. Everything inside was contained. Good. So the smear showed that there was DNA and it was his. So, yeah, that's but, not circumstantial. But he said it was consensual. And then they said, but there was no signs of sexual trauma, no laceration or bruising. So the defense is like, well, she was asking for it. There's oh no signs of drugs in her system. Ugh. My thing is, is like, if you have a... Maybe he just has a pencil dick. Well, and... <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't, <laughs> I don't think pencil dicks cause trauma. <laughs> Could you please put your shrimp away? I'm <laughs> not here for that. <laughs> But my thing is, is that she's a 19-year-old girl. She's probably sexually active. She's got a boyfriend she stays at. It doesn't matter. But I'm saying if if her boyfriend is she's not here a little bit more in story. doubt than shrimp dick is, right? <clears throat> then it's not going to show laceration or bruising. And unless he's really big or she's a virgin or, or he's if like... she's if already he's, dead and she's not resisting and exactly. she's relaxed and... And Just if because he's, there's no trauma doesn't mean it didn't happen. Exactly. And maybe he wasn't rough. Maybe he wasn't rough when he was doing that. So I hate when they say there was no signs of sexual trauma. How do you know? Yeah, technically, if there's obvious signs of bruising and all that, there would be. But you don't know how it happened. So how do you know if there was any sexual trauma? And she's really small and petite, right? She's very small. And he's a bigger guy? Very big. Much, much bigger. So then there would have been bruising if he was really rough. But like you said, if he wasn't rough. Well, maybe he was rough like holding her down. But if he wasn't, maybe in that area, he wasn't rough. Maybe he lasted 10 seconds and it was over, you know? It very well could have been. she wasn't fighting, so... Did she have any defensive wounds on her? I guess it's hard to tell. Because. Well, so they said, so the Emmy said she was raped, beaten, and strangled. Uh, the prosecution felt that at some point she had got away and ran because they found her with no shoes on. But she's wearing shoes in the video. Yep. But there's no shoes in her in her car. No shoes where the car was abandoned. So where are her shoes? They never found her shoes. They never found her shoes. And they said there were some some scratching and redness on the bottom of her feet. But that could also be from struggling in the car. But Some how of the could you tell that? Her feet weren't burned? The bottom of her feet were not burned. Okay. But they were scratched up. Was it from running or could it have been from fighting him off in the car? We don't know. Yeah. But they do feel like because it got so violent, maybe she did try and run. Maybe yeah. initially he wasn't going to hurt her that bad. Maybe he just 
wanted to get somewhere and then she tried to run and he's like well now i have to run she's seen my face and all exactly that. and there was blood on the outside of the car that was hers oh, so they're okay. wondering if maybe like you know from her hand or brushed up against it or it could be from his hand from her blood so to negate the accusations that melanie was like this easy girl that was this red bull model in a short skimpy skirt and all this they had her mom peggy goodwin take the stand and you know she talked about her character and talked about how she was you know a religious girl and that you know they this is the family that she grew up in and this is who she was she's responsible and um, they explained how she was very tiny, and her mother said that her older brother, whenever they would wrestle, her brother could hold both of her wrists in one of his hands. Oh, yeah. Because there weren't defensive wounds on her hands. Well, there wouldn't be if both of her hands are bound down, either above her head or at her chest. Or behind her back. Yeah, I mean, there wouldn't know. be, you know? So he, you know, she's like, he took her over. there wasn't enough evidence in the back of the car to give them any indication of what no. happened, like... Just that her sucks. body, just really. They said that her sternum had significant bruising, so they felt like either when he was either maybe killing her before he raped her or afterwards that maybe he put his knee on her chest to hold her down to hold her down whenever mm-hmm. he was strangling her because her sternum was bruised. So after the jury hears everything, um, it took two hours for deliberation, and you want to guess. Hopefully they find that piece of shit guilty as hell. Guilty of capital murder and rape. Good. Good. So they didn't buy the bullshit about she was asking for it or because of her skirt. Mm-hmm. Peggy Goodwin, I give it to her. I mean, I know she said she's like FBI agent, but whenever they had the victim impact statements, oh, she looked at him and she's like, I'm going to play a video, my favorite video of my daughter. And if you better keep your eyes up here, I want your eyes up here and I don't want you to move them. I want you to watch every second of what you took from us. Oh my gosh, I have chills. And it's the video, and it's cute because she's telling her, um, her mom's in the backseat of the red Saturn, and Melanie's driving, and she's like, Melanie's telling a knock knock joke, and she tells the interrupting cow, and they both laugh, (laughs) and he never took his eyes off the screen, so he listened to her, and that's the first time he cries. Oh, he did cry by watching that. Mm -hmm. So she's like, he does have a little bit of some uh, remorse, but not until, or maybe maybe seeing her as more than what he saw her of that night. And not only that, it was in the car. True, very. You said it was in the red Saturn. So maybe he realized, oh shit, that's her car, and Mm -hmm. I did whatever I did to her in the back of that car. And just to show what amazing family she had, as Peggy and Mister Goodwin are leaving the courtroom after. Everything's said and done. They are next to Ernesto's mom. And Ernesto walks up to them and tells them, I'm so sorry for your loss. And I'm so sorry. Ernesto's mom. Oh, okay. Tells Peggy's... Oh, tells Peggy's mom apologizes. That for what her son did. And... Well, she can't be held responsible. No, and Peggy embraces his mom in a hug. And they start crying. And they're hugging. And it's like this beautiful moment. And then her dad, who... Um, speaks Spanish, starts telling her, starts talking to her in Spanish. and Which, who's dad? Melanie's Melanie's, dad. Okay, mm-hmm. so Melanie's dad is talking Spanish to Ernesto's mom. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he's like basically telling her that, you know, thank you for having sorrow and for yeah. us and feeling sorry for us and saying you're sorry. And he said, I told her I'm sorry because we lost our daughter, but you lost your son. Yeah. And, um, and what I mean, that's your son, but now you have to live with what your son did. I yeah. mean, she's not responsible. That would cause me to have nightmares. Yeah. Um, Melanie's dad said in the documentary that I watched, which I watched on the case with Paula's on, mm-hmm. 
is, is where I got this information and uh, newspapers.com. The video, which like I said, I'll post the link to the videos, the video of the explosion actually going off when they showed that, which of course, Melanie's mom and dad knew they were going to show it. So they were trying to like prepare themselves. But she, her dad said that when they played that video, he looked over at Ernesto's mom and she just lost it. Like at that moment, she realized like my son did this. You know, like no you could dispute. see a video on surveillance. You'd be like, there's Brenna. Uh-huh. Just by the way she walks. Uh-huh. There's Savannah. Like uh-huh. you can just tell yep. that's your child. And she's like, and Melanie's dad's like, I looked over her and I was like, oh my God. Like she just realized that he did it. You know? Like if she, she had any knows. doubts at that moment. She realized. So Ernesto gets life in prison. Good piece of shit. I hope he's getting pounded in the ass. I hope he's lots of people's bitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was only 20. So his whole life's going to be in prison. So does he, is he in the, the G unit? <laughs> Probably. Well, he's not in Huntsville. I know that because not on he's death not... row. Oh, okay. And Donovan got eight years for tampering. Oh, I was going to ask you what he got. Which I feel like he should get a lot more than that. But I feel like eight years for tampering. I mean, granted, he did give all the information right away and led them but to he the information. He, he, he potentially could have stopped it from happening. Because he could have been like. She was already dead when he got there, but. But I mean, was she? Maybe she was. Well, that's true. She could have been clinging to life, you know? I mean, or maybe she was playing dead, hoping they would go away, you know? But her boyfriend, Ollie, still remains a very close friend of the family. Of course, that poor guy. And he still hurts. He said, you know, she was so precious, and it was an honor for me to be her boyfriend. Oh, what a sweet guy. So sweet. Um, And then her parents started a scholarship for young actors and actresses, and her name through UNT. And so we'll have to go over to the area where she was found. But, you know, it's... It's sad because very, very rarely do random attacks like this happen. It is. There are cases that are random, but it's not very common. And, you know, her mom's like, I, I'm just, I have to say I'm proud. And Paula's like, you're proud. She's like, Melanie did everything that we taught her to do. That when she was out late, she called someone. They knew where she was. She went to a well-lit gas station. She called him and told him, I'm on my way. She told him, no, I cannot give you a ride. And she did everything she was supposed to. When she left, she had her keys in her hand. And she's like, she did everything that we taught her to do. But this monster over just took her I over. I feel like QT is a little bit responsible because, yeah. so there you know, was a... I think there's a no no loitering. Like, why didn't the, the clerk call the cops? Mm-hmm. And why didn't, why didn't, you know, if you can hear the conversation over the video, then did the clerk not hear the conversation? Like, I feel like if I would have heard that, I'd been like... Dude, you need to get the hell out of here. Yeah. Leave her alone. Well, her parents. Right? And did... I would have made her stay there until he left or the cops came. Mm-hmm. Right? Her... Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty mm-hmm. about, oh, I would do all these badass things. Um, um, I don't want to say that it's all their fault, well, and but that's he a had contributing been, factor. It is. And he had been asking for rides from people all night long. So this girl was no different than the other 20 he asked prior. But her, her family did try to sue QT for wrongful death Good. because they felt that you have you have a role of no loitering on your doors, yep. and then you allowed loitering for almost two hours. This you fed this man, you let him use your phone. You knew he had nowhere to go. And I will say, in their defense, in the QT clerk's defense, he didn't look like a homeless person, right? He he had a clean white T-shirt on. Mm-hmm. From the video that I can see, he doesn't look like the homeless people that are hanging around the Seven Eleven and the QTs asking for money begging for food or whatever, mm-hmm. right? 
So, I mean, um, curb appeal, it doesn't so look bad. Maybe but... maybe that's why they weren't as quick to call the cops. Mm-hmm. But like the fact that you said he'd been there all day. Uh, for Well, for an hour and a half. Oh, okay. He'd but been still, there, but an, think about, you're bothering your customers. When you go to the gas station, how long are you there? Three to seven minutes? I'm not there very long. No. Maybe ten minutes if you're going to use the bathroom, too. Or if I get gas Imagine and go in the store. being in there for an hour and a half. Especially if you're bothering your cut. If the customers are being bothered... It's time to do something about it. And Carrollton is, I, mean, I don't know where this QT is. I know there's some sketch areas of Carrollton, but mostly Carrollton is a nice area, you know. I used to work in Carrollton. It's... So it's a QT somewhere between the GameStop she was at mm-hmm. and the apartment that he lives in Denton. Yep. I mean, we don't know how far, how close to Denton she was because mm-hmm. we don't know how far he took her because where they found her doesn't mean that's where the QT was because mm-hmm. he had done a lot of driving around. Yeah, because there's 90 minutes between the time that they see them at the QT and he calls Donovan because though it's one forty one, he's just looking for a place to dump her, I guess. Or did he pull? That's where I think that maybe she got away. Maybe he oh, pulled okay. into a spot. Maybe he was trying to coerce her. That's where. That's when he raped her, and then maybe she got away. So there's because of that ninety minutes, they're like, well, we don't know how she died. There's no proof in that ninety. If she was already dead when she got to Donovan's. That's what the defense was trying to say is, well, how do we know that he killed her? There's no proof there. There's proof that she was dead afterwards. At best case, maybe he disposed of a body incorrectly, but he, there's no proof he killed her. Well, okay. Okay, you can say that, but we all know you're full of shit. Because <laughs> yeah. Cause who else would want her dead? Nobody. No one. She's and, a young 19-year-old. And burning her. So yeah. yeah. That's whether or not she was dead before that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. She definitely died when he caught her on fire. Absolutely. So let's just say that that's, that's what happened. Yeah. So, yeah, it's so sad. You know, it, it just, I mean, it's always the parent's wor- worst nightmare for yes. someone to come up to the door and be like, do you own a blank car or do you know who this person is? Like, get away from my doorstep. Yeah, I don't, don't want to hear anything. I don't want to hear any more said. information. I'd be like, nope, let's go right now. I want to see where they are. I want to see where the yeah. car is. I want to know everything. Yeah. We're not talking here anymore. We're going to wherever the scene of the crime is. That's where I want to go. Well, um, the family did try and file a wrongful death, but it didn't hold weight. Hmm. So that sucks. I mean, there is no loitering signs. I mean, loitering is to hang around an establishment that for a lengthy amount of time, right? And bother the customers. And he's because... bothering the clerk. He's asking people for rides. He's not purchasing anything. He doesn't have any money. So what purpose is he there for? He can't buy anything. He doesn't have a car to put gas in. So this whole time, is he hanging around inside the store Both. or outside or inside, just back and outside, forth? Back and forth. That's where people, where he would ask people outside, hey, can I have a ride? Can I have a ride? And then he would come inside, use the phone, go back outside. And it was just this constant back and forth. Mm. And that's when he asked the clerk, could I sleep here? I wonder if the girlfriend, the ex-girlfriend feels bad for blowing him off after she found out what happened. Maybe or maybe like she, maybe she, she's glad because if he had killing in his bones, maybe he could have killed her. True. Anyway, at best she could have called him an Uber or the cops. Hey, or my the boyfriend cops. keeps bothering yeah. me. He's at this QT. He's called me four times. I heard him many times. So and he's desperate. I don't. I don't know if he would do yeah. anything, but you know, go check it out. I mean, I would rather call and the policeman be like, "That was a waste of time and nothing or, happened." Or the cops would make him leave, though. That's yeah. the thing: is the cops would be like, "You can't hang around here." It's no, but I'm business. saying I'd rather the cops come and be like, "Hey, you wasted yeah. our time." Then me not call at all and, and not something prevent something. Done. Yeah, agree. The story okay, of Melanie Goodwin. Good so rest in peace, Melanie Goodwin. Yes, rest in peace, Melanie and Goodwin. And applaud her parents for yeah. being such amazing people yeah. and her boyfriend. So And Ernesto's mom, too. Yes, yes, That yes. poor lady, too. Very sad. And I hope you rot in hell, you piece of shit. Ernesto, what is his name? Reyes. Yeah. Fuck you. Ernesto, rail me. <laughs> 
right, right. So I guess that's a wrap. That's a wrap. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all.